We're joined by Blair Horner, the executive director of NYPIRD, the New York Public Interest Research Group. Uh, earlier this week in a 4-3 decision, the state's Court of Appeals, uh, many people say, gave a gift to the Democrats and that they uh, decided that the uh, so-called independent redistricting commission will have another shot at uh, redrawing congressional district lines uh, in time for the 2024 election. Um, last time around, the court had held that uh, the process which ended up in the legislature was in fact gerrymandered and didn't meet the constitutional requirements. And the court ordered uh, an outside expert to draw lines uh, and resulted in quite a few more Republicans went in than the Democrats had expected and actually appears to have played a role in, uh, at the federal level in shifting control of the, the House of Representatives uh, from the Democrats to Republicans. So, so Blair, how important uh, is this uh, decision and is this good law? Well, um, it's a very important decision because the path to who the Speaker of the House is may easily be running through New York. Uh, the, there are six districts that the Cook Political Report has identified as uh, marginal. In other words, it could swing one way or the other. Two in Nassau, three in the Hudson Valley, and one in Syracuse. And, you know, depending what happens with the lines could determine whether or not the, the last name of the Speaker of the House is Jeffries or Johnson. Uh, so it's tremendously important. Now, again, we don't know what's going to happen, right? So that's that's always the trickiest part of these things is speculating on what could happen in the future. Uh, but it's hard to believe that the Democrats won't try to do something to their own advantage uh, drawing the lines. Um, uh, otherwise, they would have just left with the, left it with the status quo. Now, you're right. The court decision, uh, the Court of Appeals made the technical argument that the state constitution requires that the independent redistricting commission be in the driver's seat in terms of coming up with the new district lines. And as a result, decided to kick the case, uh, the decision back to them about, you know, giving them another chance to come up with the lines that they couldn't get done in 22. Whether or not it's good or bad law, who knows? I mean, it's based on a fatally flawed <laughs> section of the Constitution, which we can talk about whenever you want. So what what exactly is this, you know, commission and is it evenly divided between the Democrats and Republicans? And how likely is this commission going to come up with? Um, lines that they can agree with, um, but which also, you know, the Democrats want to favor them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, the so-called, it was a good way you described it, Mark, the so-called Independent Redistricting Commission is really a bipartisan redistricting commission, 5-5, uh, five, five, Democrats, Republicans. And um, it's modeled on the dysfunctional State Board of Elections, uh, which also has uh, the political parties in charge. Uh, and uh, they can come to agreement on things that, that are not consequential, uh, but often gridlock on things that are. And I would expect the same thing would happen here uh, because the stakes are so high. I mean, it could, e as I mentioned earlier, it could easily be that the control of the House turns on what happens in these races. And that has national and international implications. I mean, a Speaker Jeffries is going to view the issue of the Ukraine differently than Speaker Johnson does. So <clears throat> the stakes are enormously high. It's hard to believe that the, the political parties are going to decide to just cut a deal. But that would be the way that they could figure this out, I suppose, is if both parties cut a deal uh, and then uh, the IRC uh, essentially blessed it. Uh, 
technically the independent redistricting commission drafts the lines they get a couple by a couple opportunities to do that but the legislature ultimately uh, votes on what happens so last time you know the irc basically surprise surprise divided along party lines and when it got you know to the state legislature you know the democrats you know wrote it in a way to give them a big edge and it's what's known as gerrymandering how do they avoid that type of situation again and particularly then having a court once again intervene and say once again you guys you did not follow what was laid out in the constitution well, the, the technical problem last time was that the commission did not submit a second set of maps to the legislature. And so the legislature said, well, time's up. We have to get these lines done. And that was the technical issue that led the court to argue that the lines had to be drawn by an outside expert. And this time, I don't think the Democrats will make that mistake. If the, uh, the commission can't come to an agreement, I think the ask the court to force them to do it. <laughs> and uh, and if they don't, because there's really no penalty provision, it's not like people go to jail. And if they don't, then I, I guess the court then would direct the legislature to sort of pick up steam or, they, or, or whatever they would do. But it seems hard to believe that there'll be a kumbaya moment between the two major political parties. And if there's not, it's hard to believe there won't be litigation uh, that comes out of this. And, you know, the, the situation now helps incumbents and hurts challengers, technically, because People don't even know necessarily what districts they're in if they want to challenge, whereas incumbents will be running as incumbents no matter where they live. Though I always do point out that there's actually no residency requirement uh, as to what congressional district uh, that you um, run for, uh, I guess nationwide, but, but certainly in New York State. You mentioned before that um, certainly some in the East and Long Island, some in, out in the, uh, the Hudson Valley, uh, possibly one or two out in uh, Central New York might come and play. What what are, you know, particularly in the Hudson Valley, you know, being more local, you know, how does this, for instance, both Malinaro and, and Ryan, newly elected, um, both relatively close elections, are, are they the ones that are considered possibly at risk from the redistricting? Yeah, I mean, the Cook Political Report identifies three in the Hudson Valley, Representative Lawler, Ryan, and Malinaro, all one in, you know, extremely close races in 22. So any tinkering around the edges of those districts could make a big difference. It's also going to be a presidential election year, uh, which probably will help Democrats, uh, but who knows. Um, and so, but those are three of them. And as you mentioned earlier, in the, when you set this piece up, you know, because of New York's vote, the way it went, I mean, the, the lines were supposed to be drawn in a way that the Democrats would get 22 out of 26 of the districts. They ended up with 15. That's the margin uh, for Speaker Johnson uh, to be controlling the House. Now, in recent years, New York, uh, you know, has moved its primaries uh, relatively, well, much earlier than previously, rather than September, you know, now in June, which requires, I think, petition to start, you know, maybe uh, April or so to get the candidates on the ballot. So it only gives maybe three, four months for this process to, to, to play out, and then there's also, as it was last time, the potential for lawsuits. Um, how is that going to impact upon other things the legislature should be doing, like adopting a state budget? <laughs> well, I think it complicates it for sure. Uh, I think the redistricting fight will cast a shadow over the session, no doubt about it. But with Democrats firmly in control of both houses, 
I don't think it will gum up the works too much uh, because the wild card will be what does the governor choose to do. And if they're all sort of in this of the same mind as how to approach this problem, I assume it will gobble up <clears throat> bandwidth, but I don't think it will necessarily uh, derail uh, movement on the budget process. So you never know, right? I mean, somebody could use, the governor could decide to use her leverage on the redistricting deal to extract something in the budget process. She showed that last year. But I, given that they're all on, supposedly anyway, they're all on the same team. I mean, they definitely were all on the same team. I would think that this won't take up too much time and, and space, uh, but it will have an impact uh, because there's not that much time. As you mentioned, they, they want to get out of here to go campaign, the, the legislators do. And that means the budget is really going to be the big, uh, the main event for the session. So we only have about a minute left. So A, you can answer anything you want, but B, you know, average voter listen to this. How, how can they actually have any impact upon this whole process? Well, there will be that there, there will be some sort of public process, whether or not the commission does it. Uh, they don't necessarily have to because the time is so truncated. Uh, but the legislature, these are bills that ultimately have to be passed. And so, you know, the uh, the way for again, however, the listeners view, view, uh, view this issue uh, the the people that should hear they should hear from are the state senators and the state legislators that represent them, and to tell them whatever people want to say, I would urge that they put that all the New Yorkers push for a truly independent redistricting commission because the problem that's existing in New York is based on a fatally flawed scheme devised by former Governor Cuomo ten years ago, and we've been living with the consequences ever since. We've been talking with Blair Horner, executive director of NYPERG, um, and this has been Mark Dunlay for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.